0: The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
1: This month on The Compliance Life, my guest is Asha Palmer. Asha has the current position of CECO at Conversant by OneTrust. We talk about what it's like to be a CECO at a Compliance Tech and Product Company, we detailed her journey from watching Claire Huxtable on the Crosby Show to wanting to become a lawyer, to going to a historic black college and university law school, moving to Abu Dhabi, becoming passionate about working in compliance, establishing her own compliance consulting firm, which led her to sitting in the CCO chair or CECO chair at Conversant by One Trust. She details for us some of her observations in moving from the legal to compliance profession and what compliance professionals need to be thinking about and, more importantly, doing in the future. It's a fascinating exploration. I know you'll enjoy this month's offering on The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, this is Tom Fox, back for our final episode this month on The Compliance Life with Asha Palmer. Asha, first of all, welcome back.
0: Thanks, Tom, good to be back.
1: Asha, as you know, this podcast series, The Compliance Life, uh, I get to visit with people who have or do sit in the CECO chair, and we are to the episode where you now move to that chair. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your decision to move to the Conversant CECO chair, how your role is both uh, as head of compliance, but it's really much more. So could you walk us through that part of your journey?
0: Yes. So um, I've been now with Conversant um, as their CECO for a little bit over a year. And um, I had worked with Conversant actually as a service provider for one of my customers, um, one of my clients in my consulting company. And what became so apparent to me in working with Conversant was how and why technology will drive the future of the ethics and compliance profession and so it was a perfect opportunity for me not only to run and drive an internal program but also to help develop the product to make it more sustainable and scalable for secos it was also an opportunity for me to talk to and understand the the concerns and the challenges of other people in the SECO seat, and how we can bind together and understand each other's trials and tribulations, if you may, to become better in our seat. What are the measures of success? What are successful tactics people have employed? All of those things are so crucial to us being successful as SECOs, and conversant gives me the opportunity to help bridge those gaps but also really to elevate the partnership between technology and ethics and compliance professionals to really create those scalable sustainable effective and efficient programs
1: Asha, I've I've used the phrase uh, for compliance programs written by lawyers and for lawyers. Uh, Hopefully, we've we've moved away from that now. But in your role at Conversant, the the message that you just articulated, having technology fuel the partnership between compliance and the business operations, is that a message that you see and hear resonating uh, in the compliance community and to your customer base?
0: It is because we're all looking for help and partnership, right? We want, we don't want to process anything manual anymore. And quite frankly, we can't, and we can't get to an, we can't train enough people without partnering with technology. And the other beautiful thing about technology is that it enables us to have skills that we may not otherwise possess. So for example, Tom, you just said for lawyers by lawyers, right? But there's a huge marketing element to ethics and compliance. There's a huge data element that you and I have talked about to ethics and compliance. I'm not a data analyst, right? I'm also not a marketer. (laughs) And so how can technology help fill those gaps of parts of me that I just don't have the skills for? And so I really believe that Partnering with technology and understanding how to leverage technology to fill some of those gaps is going to be the future of our profession um, and is also going to help us argue and understand the ROI of our programs and how they interact with the other business elements. Because we will need to be able to track that impact and really embed that impact. And we can't do it if we're manually recording our interactions with business units or you know, tracking conflicts of interest in a very manual way. So we have to be able to communicate our story using technology. And I know that there's a desire to do that um, as I say within Conversant, it's the bridge between technology and the ethics and compliance professional that is the longer road. And so the power of what we can do as a community and in partnership with, I believe, with Conversant, we have that opportunity to build that bridge and and make it sustainable.
1: Asha, there's very few CECOs at clients, product, and service companies. So I was wondering if you might speak to some of the unique challenges you you have really working at a company whose motto is, or, or tagline, is driving uh, business, driving ethics to the core of business and the heart of business. How do you, uh, what are some of your challenges as a seco? so we
0: have to continue to practice what we preach right and as you said there aren't very many technology companies that have secos But we believe it makes a difference, and so we are leading by example. And to drive ethics to the center of business for a better world, we have to do the same within our company. And so we are on that journey, not just to understand also what our customers are trying to do, but to make sure that we are doing it, making sure we understand where conflicts may arise, where bribery could be a huge, a larger issue or a risk. Who are the third parties we're dealing with? And so when we understand it, we understand our customers better. We understand their problems and their challenges, and we're able to help them resolve those better. And so I wouldn't look at it as a challenge, but more an opportunity. I really do feel like I get the best of both worlds in this seat because I evolve my thinking with, with how I make sure that the messages I'm communicating to our customers about, I'm also living within the company. And so it's an amazing opportunity um, to build that program, that that Bentley version of an ethics and compliance program is what I call it, to really sustain and grow um, the profession.
1: Asha, one of the things I think I've heard you the most passionate about is social justice. And you've spoken quite eloquently about the social justice movement. I wanted to get your thoughts on what you see as the CCO's role in the social justice movement for corporations, and how CCOs can really uh, help drive that within a corporation, and and if that includes diversity and inclusion uh, as well. But what what do you see the role of the CCO in social justice and DNI?
0: So I see the role of the CCO in general as Changing behavior and building accountability. And in those two roles, you have to also look at what the organization is doing from a social justice and DEI uh, perspective. So, if no one is charged with changing behavior or building accountability, then I do feel it's the CECO's role. And, and if someone is, then it's also the SECO's role to partner with that person to make sure that their programmatic elements that they're implementing are actually changing behavior and building accountability. And so we have that role in all different risk areas, and we have that cross-functional ability to drive that change in behavior and that accountability, and so I feel it's the same for social justice DE&I, is that we have to ensure that things and outcomes are being driven toward and that they're actually being achieved. And if they're not, we need to be accountable and and drive that feedback loop of how we can do better.
1: Now I'd like to turn to ESG. Uh, you've been writing and thinking about this a fair amount, as many of us have, where do you see the role, or what do you see the role of the CECO in ESG going forward?
0: So, ESG is one of my favorite topics because I feel that ESG is really the evidence behind. Some of the statements that we make in our code of conduct, and so I feel like they are intrinsically linked, the CECO and ESG efforts because it's really showing the world how we meet those commitments that we've stated in our code of conduct. And so the CECO should have a pivotal role with how we measure it, how we you know make sure we're accountable to it if we need to change behavior within the organization, how do we do that? How do we understand that better? And the CECO should partner with and it, or lead those efforts. And so it's so exciting to me to see the intersection between ethics and compliance and ESG, because really in a lot of ways they are one and the same. They are making sure that our ethical business practices extend beyond just statements into the actual practices of the organization and that we transparently communicate those actions. And I believe that that should be every SECO's dream.
1: You know, Asha, I can't think of a better way to end this podcast series. Let me thank you again for taking the time to visit with me and I greatly look forward to seeing what we can all come up with jointly.
0: Thank you, Tom, always a pleasure.
1: Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you'll join me again next week where I take up another episode with Scott Sullivan in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at Tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.